wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I'm minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. I'm also your presenter on Drive Time every Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, now, folks, this this week uh, we have got a really cracker uh, of a, of a theme. Yeah. Uh, this uh, this week our our theme is the Bible, the Church, and the Environment. Uh, now we're getting some uh, some really uh, fantastic feedback on uh, on this uh, this particular subject. Today, uh, we're going to be asking the question, what does the Bible say is the cause of natural disasters? Now, this is a really interesting one. You know, uh, so many, you know, people have, have noticed that within our world, natural disasters are on the increase in both intensity and number. And of course, a climate change is blamed uh, for all the disasters. But today, we just want to dig into the Word of God and say, hey, does the Word of God have anything to say about these cause of natural disasters? Now, look, guys, if you'd like to comment, if you'd like to ask a question, if you'd like to give some feedback, you can do that. Our drive time text number uh, brings you straight into our studio here. It'll bring you straight onto my screen, uh, 04888-80811. Now, that number is not a phone-in number. That number is only a text-in number. We're really sorry we can't uh, uh, take our phone-ins uh, because we simply don't have enough personnel to be enable us to do that. So 04888 That's also our prize number. And uh, we'll be sharing with you on the prize in just uh, uh, in just a few a few moments. Uh, now look to guide us through our discussion today, we're joined by Pastor Brenton Wilkinson. Now uh, man, uh, Brenton is a man who who claims to have retired uh, <laughs> but struggles to understand uh, what the concept is actually all all about. Welcome to you, Brenton. Uh, thank you, Gary. Pleased to be on again. And uh, this is, as you say, a very, very interesting subject. And yes. um, I'm sure as we explore it together, we really pray that God will guide us, that the principles that we find in his word of how he created the world, what has happened to it since, and what the end result of all of it will be, I pray that all our listeners, Gary, will be blessed. Yeah, I, I, I'm and, sure and that they get will be something positive that will help them to think. Yeah, look, I'm very sure that they mm. will. Tell me something: Are you enjoying the daylight saving time? No, I'm not a great daylight saving fan. I probably should be in Western Australia or Queensland. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I'm, I'm actually exactly the same. I'm surprised. I'm glad I can find a, a similar mind. Actually, I, I love walking first thing. I went and did yes, my walk yes, in the morning, and uh, this morning one, I'm mm. back into walking in the dark once again. Yes, yes, and that's right. uh, um, look, we were down at Mount Gambier over the weekend where I was preaching, um, and. <laughs> Sunday morning, we left at uh, 10 past 6 in the morning, which is 10 past 5 before daylight saving came in. Yeah, so yeah. we left in the pitch darkness. I suppose we'd driven about an hour 
before we actually started to get some daylight. So, yeah. no, I'm not a great fan. I can see yeah. some benefits in the evening uh, for those who are evening people and that sort of thing. But, no, overall... It this is the thing to, to, to me, I find... It would stress me if it, it was exactly as it was last week. Yes, yes. No, that's exactly the right. I, I know myself, uh, morning people, and, and, you know, I'm certainly a morning people. That's when oh, I'm actually most active. That's when I actually appreciate and uh, love my love my light. Uh, yes. So uh, anyway, but look, let me not uh, whinge about uh, daylight saving. Uh, I've uh, I've it's probably done enough months, of that. Uh, it is here for six, six months, months indeed, indeed. Look, let's <clears> come to our World Watch uh, segment. Now, look, I'd like to bring you to, a, to an article that I, uh, I picked up off the religious News service, and this comes from the Parliament of World Religions uh, that happened uh, just uh, about uh, about three weeks ago uh, over in in Chicago. Uh, Now, of course, this week we're talking about the environment and we're talking about climate. uh, And does the Bible have anything to say uh, on it? Now, of course, over at the Parliament of World Religions, they had a really interesting little uh, little ceremony, and I'd love to get you. I'll, I'll get you feedback on this one in a moment, uh, Brenton. Uh, what we actually find uh, is that uh, they had a climate uh, repentance uh, ceremony and the article was actually entitled, uh, Faith Leaders Call for Repentance and Spiritual Reformation to Address cl- Climate Change. At the Parliament of World Religions about a month ago over in Chicago, uh, faith le- leaders held a ceremony uh, to repent for failing to care for the earth. Now, I found this to be an absolutely remarkable article. Dealing with the climate crisis will require uh, developing renewable forms of energy such as solar and wind power, decreasing greenhouse gases and creating more sustainable lifestyles. That's how the article starts. We've heard it all before. It also requires, and this is uh, where it's slightly different to uh, what you often hear, uh, it also requires a change of heart, says a Swami uh, Rameshwanderer, a Hindu spiritual leader from Spain. While many people know that immediate action needs to be taken to address rising temperatures, said Ramesh Wanderanda, uh, most of us would rather protect the comfortable life we have than make any needed changes. We have to change the concept of ego, he said, uh, for the concept of echo. Ego is in fact the problem. Now, I'll get your feedback in a moment, uh, Brenton, on, on this particular one. Uh, Abdul uh, Ruth and Ramesh Wanderer uh, joined a group of Muslim, Hindu, Jewish, Sikh, Jain, Buddhist and Christian leaders from around the world who recited 10 principles of action during the repentance ceremony after an introduction by Rabbi Alain Goshen. We know what we need to do, but we lack the will, Goshen told the parliament attenders gathered in the cavernous main hall. The will is generated by spirituality, and so, turning to the common resources of our religion, we need to awaken to the right thing to do. After reading the principles, the Buddhist nuns rang a bell and Goshen blew on a shofar, a Jewish instrument made from a ram's horn. 
the rabbi then led attendees through a set of Jewish prayers based on the words of youthful climate activist Greta Thunberg. At the end of each line of prayer, attendees sang the Hebrew word Hoshana, uh, which Goshen said translators as save us. us. Mm. Then came prayers from a former Lutheran bishop from Sweden and a sheik leader. And this was part of the prayer. We, your children, with our hearts at peace and pure, join our psalms and turn respectful to you, our loving and patient Mother Earth. As we offer words of repentance, the liturgy began. Each line followed by the sounding of a bell. After the Buddhist liturgy, Bishop Ray Rivera, a Hispanic Pentecostal leader from New York, recited the Canical for Creation, a famed prayer by St. Francis. That would be St. Francis of Assisi, I would imagine. That would be so. You know, as I read uh, uh, read this, uh, uh, I, I, I've got to admit, you know, I mean, huge warning bells certainly came sure, up in, sure. in my mind, but I'll get your feedback in just a moment because, you know, I'm conscious that here's religious leaders from right across, you know, the entire religious spectrum, uh, engaging in a repentance ceremony, uh, for that which humanity has done, uh, to the, uh, to the earth. Now, to me, there's some things here that uh, I really struggle with. Now, mm. Brenton, how do you, I mean, how do you respond to this? Well, as a Christian, I believe we should respond to it by having a look at Genesis 1, verse 28. It says, Then God looked upon the earth, and behold, everything he had made was very good. This mm-hmm. is at the end of the week of creation. So the question that comes to mind to me, I don't have a problem with these guys meeting over I would perceive as a genuine concern for our environment and so on and so forth. But who are we repenting to? If God created the heaven and the earth, it's God that we should be asking forgiveness from, I believe, rather than Mother Earth. Mother Earth is a nondescript statement. It's actually, (laughs) if God created the earth, we should be um, raising our psalms or hymns or calls for repentance to the God who created things. That's, that's, that would be my answer. Mm. I don't find that in this article. I find all sorts of things, but I don't find um, <clears throat> that in this article. The other point that I would make is this. Can you genuinely change the environment of the planet without genuine heart reformation? And you find that Christ actually spoke to Nicodemus in in John chapter 3 where he said to him, what you need, my friend, is to be born again. Now, Nicodemus was a very, very religious man. And Jesus said, what you need is a new heart. I would suggest that if the first step in um, renovating this planet, if we are serious about it, is to first of all ask God, that's the creator of heaven and earth, as Genesis 1-1 puts it in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. We should first of all ask him 
um, for in other words, the God mercy. of heaven. I, I I like that point. We'll come to your second one, mm. moment because you've made two no, 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 that's two, right. two really good points yep. there. Uh, do you know one of the things that I'm just so conscious of here is this in this climate repentance ceremony, uh, you've actually got uh, people from uh, certainly uh, monotheistic religions sure. like Christianity, mm-hmm. Judaism, uh, Islam, also monotheistic, yes. uh, and you've also got uh, representatives of a huge number of people from polytheistic yes, religions i think of correct. the hindu you know mm-hmm. the hindu hindu faith a buddhist you know mm-hmm. many, and others many gods sure many gods are are represented now if we are repenting if they are repenting if this group is repenting i'm, I'm just really you know I, I look at this and like the question that i come to is you know who are we actually repenting to now certainly in the prayer at the very end uh, you get you know the repentance is to a mother earth and i'm just trying to work out how you can actually repent uh, to what is really a inanimate object. Well, it's something that's been created, as we've just said from Genesis one one by the, the God of heaven. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Yeah. So, what's the use of uh, praying to Mother Earth or repenting to Mother Earth? You have to repent to the God who created, who Mother made the Mother Earth, Mother Earth in the first place. Yeah, and I, I think furthermore we. <laughs> We need to recognise um, the fact that sin has done a lot of things to this planet, and if if we ask God to change our hearts, that also gives us an opportunity. I believe, Gary, to see the Earth as God once created it. We can't bring it back to that state; only God can do that. And we'll touch on that later in our study. But uh, we will find ourselves in a situation where. If we could see this world as God originally created, where he said at the end of six days of creation, it was very good. If we could get a a mental picture of that, I believe by being converted, having a new heart, we would recognise that God placed mankind in charge of this planet to look after the environment, but also to look after the animals and all the other Things Now, when you look at what mankind has done across the, the broad scope of this planet, they've not only destroyed forests, they've not only destroyed arable land, uh, they have also abused animals. They, <laughs> look, let's not get into those arguments. But in other words, in basically other words, what I'm saying is all of God's created things we have abused in some yeah, way okay. or another. And, and so all where, of that- does, uh, where does our repentance go? To the one who made all these things. And all of that comes about because of this thing called sin. Yes. And sin, of course, brings things like greed, covetousness, mm. selfishness. And, you know, to me, how do you actually change the world, uh, improve the world mm. without first dealing with the issue of a selfishness and covetousness? You know, to, to me, I look at that and I simply say, hey, it's physically not possible. It's only when a person comes to Jesus Christ, when they come to, to mm-hmm. the God of heaven, they repent to the God of heaven. They ask him to actually change their heart. Issues like uh, a selfishness uh, mm-hmm. and covetousness are actually able to be dealt with they at are. that point. Even the environment is able to be improved. Yes. Yeah. Did you hear, well, you have heard of COP. 27. Yes, I did. Yes, yes. November yes. 2 to 20 last year at Sharm el Sheikh at e- Egypt. 
Most interesting, if you study this statement that came out of it, the basically at the end of every one of these talk fests, they usually come up with a statement indicating what they're planning to do. Yeah. Now, what they're planning to do is compensate poorer countries who are affected by climate change. Whether it actually happens or not is interesting. But they did a stunt. Now, I've actually seen the video of this. They did a stunt where these guys were up on Mount Sinai and they made a mock Ten Commandments off yes, stone. Yes, yes. It's called the Green Ten Commandments, and they smashed them in front yeah, of the camera. Yeah, like yeah, Moses yeah. did when he smashed the Ten Commandments coming down. Now, the guy who smashed them is interesting. He has some, um, shall we say, sizable shares and interests in renewables and that sort of thing. So you <laughs> tend to be a little bit cynical of what's going on there. Look, I'm not denying that there's a genuine concern about all of this, but I agree with you. Until the issue of selfishness and self-centeredness and a complete lack of a mental picture of what we are doing to this planet is placed in us by the one who created us, you can have talk fest for the next 50 years. Nothing much is going to change. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, we're going to come to this in a moment because, you know, I mean, one of the questions obviously is, you know, are weather events, are they getting more uh, more intense? And uh, we're going to answer that question in just uh, Mm. just a moment. But, uh, look, let's come to some music before we actually uh, come to our Bible study because I'm conscious our time is starting to get away from us. Uh, This is uh, a really beautiful song, Faith First, uh, where... uh, Uh, There is uh, faith. Faith. Please enjoy. uh, Love, uh, love this music. Yeah. 
Faith, what a magnificent song that uh, really is. Now, folks, look, we do have a giveaway uh, book for you this week. Uh, this is a real uh, little beauty. This is done by uh, uh, an evangelist, uh, Mark Finley. Uh, the book is End Time Hope. And uh, the back cover uh, reads like this, terrorist threats, school violence, uh, devastating tornadoes, a shaky economy, the rising nuclear threat. Uh, it's enough to frighten anybody unless you understand what's behind today's headlines. This book provides answers to the confusing dilemma this world is facing. You'll experience hope as you read each chapter, as we explore what the Bible says about what's really going on in our world. uh, You'll discover answers that satisfy your head and speak to your heart. There is some incredibly good news 
views in this book by Mark Finlay. Uh, look, guys, this book is a real little beauty. Uh, End Time Hope, A Journey to, in- to Eternity is, uh, is its full title uh, by evangelist Mark Finlay. Now, look, if you would like uh, your own copy of, uh, of this book, uh, all you need to do is to text us. Now, our studio text number again is 04888 80811 04888-80811 and in your text just put five digits SA138 SA138 just five digits in a row no gap between the SA and the one uh, 138 and uh, that'll go through to our robot uh, we call him uh, Faithful he's a really lovely uh, little robot uh, but he's not super intelligent which means that if you put a gap uh, between the SA and the 138 he doesn't you're know what you're talking about you don't know what you're, what you're talking about uh, so guys just uh, SA138 uh, it'll uh, go through to our bot our robot and uh, he uh, will will come back to you and uh, just ask you a few questions so that we can get this book to you in the fastest way possible. Now, that number again is 04888-80811, and that code is SA138. End Time Hope, uh, A Journey to Eternity by Mark Fenley. You will love that particular book. 04888. He's a very good author, Gary. I could second that. I, 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 he he and a certainly very good is. Speaker. He's one of the best I know. 04888 808 11, and uh, that code is SA13038. Uh, now, folks, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. And to guide us through our discussion this uh, this day, we're uh, joined by uh, Pastor Brenton Wilkinson. Now, this week we've been following the theme, the Bible, the church, and the environment. This is a really big we one. Uh, yep. Everywhere you go, every part of the media uh, is pushing the environment on us. Today, uh, we want to look at the issue of natural disasters. What is the cause of natural disasters? Now, uh, one of the things that uh, many people have become incredibly aware of is the increasing number and the increasing extent of natural disasters. In fact, I had a, an article that I've that I've got here from. Uh, uh, this is from the Yale School of the Environment. Uh, and it was entitled as uh, Extreme Weather Events Have Increased Significantly in the Last 20 Years. And this, the article starts like this. There's been a staggering rise in the number of extreme events over the past 20 years, driven largely by rising global temperatures. Now, this is the causative effect that is presented and other climactic changes. Uh, according to the new report from the United Nations, from tw- from the year 2000 to uh, 2019, there were, according to this report, 7,348 major natural disasters around the world. Wow. These killed... According to this report, 1.23 million people and resulted in 2.97 trillion in global economic losses. By comparison, the previous 20-year period, 1980 to 1999, had 4,212 natural disasters, according to this report. That's a huge increase. That's a huge increase. Mm -hmm. So it went from 4,212 
up to 7,348 in comparable 20-year periods. They had uh, uh, claiming 1.19 million lives and causing 1.63 trillion in economic losses. So according to this report, extreme weather events have increased both in number and in size over the last 20 years when they are compared with the previous 20-year period. Now, uh, to me, this is something that I look at and I say, hey, wow, those are significant numbers. They are. More and more people, actually, Brenton, are saying, look, you know, this is the cause of global warming, you know, that climate change is causing this change. And yet uh, what I, I'm conscious of is that possibly, well, I suggest that possibly the, the Bible actually gives uh, a worldview that might not be totally totally line in sync up with, with that. that or in mm. sync with that. Mm. Um, help us out, Brenton. Where does the Bible take us? Well, we'll start with the text in Psalm 102 where it says, Of old you laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the works of your hands. Okay, so far so good. Let's keep going. It says they will perish. What will perish? The heavens and the earth. But you will remain or endure. Yes, they will all grow old like a garment, like a cloak. You will change them. And they will be changed. You get a backup text in. Uh, now, just Isaiah hang on, just 51. hang on there, Brenton, because I think I think that's important. Actually, mm-hmm. um, Isaiah fifty-one. Just share that with us again. Um, that one was from Psalms. Okay, okay. Psalms one hundred and two twenty-five okay. to twenty-seven. Share with us from Isaiah. But Isaiah, let's see. We'll just go over there. It's because Isaiah, Isaiah here is, you know, says something that I, I'm just really conscious in our contemporary world is incredibly relevant. He says this, lift up your eyes to the heavens, look on the earth beneath, for the heavens will vanish away like smoke, the earth will grow old like a garment, and those who dwell in it will die in like manner. But my salvation will be forever, and my righteousness will not be abolished. What uh, what we get here is the difference between a constant and a temporary. The constant is God's loving kindness, the constant is his faithfulness, the constant is his promises that he's made mm. to us mm. that which is temporary is the earth and all the rest of it now in order to understand that you really need to go back to genesis 1 which we quoted before the break where at the end of six days of creation god saw all that he had been made and it was very good Brendan, can i just sort of come <laughs> before we go there yeah i'm just really interested this concept of the earth uh, it says the prophet is going to wax old like a garment. Now, you, mm. you know, to me, that really says so much. The, the scriptures to me are saying there that we can expect that just as my clothes need constant renewal. <laughs> Mine do. <laughs> So the earth itself yes. waxes old. Yep. I, I mean, how long do your clothes last you? Uh, I, I generally tend to replace them um, probably every two years, something <laughs> like that. Um, I'm trying to lose weight rather than put on weight, but um, you know yourself that if you put on weight, you got to get different clothes. And the funny thing is if you lose weight, you got to get different clothes as Indeed. well. Because Indeed. they don't fit anymore. Um, but going back to what you were saying, yeah, that, that is very important, what, what you've just touched on, because 
here uh, God's loving kindness is is displayed in no uncertain terms. But here's something to think about, and I'd like our listeners who are listening around Australia to think about this. Okay, if God originally created this earth and said it was very good, and we have these disasters that you have read from your Yale University report, and then we have something that all kids identify with called dinosaurs mm. and big animals. We don't have anything like that on Earth anymore. Mm. The biggest mm. thing on this planet at the moment is blue whales. Yeah. The biggest thing on land is elephants and rhinoceroses yeah. and yeah. that type of thing. And yet evidence has been found all over the world that these gigantic animals existed. Yeah. Then you have situations like the North Pole and the Antarctic in particular where they have done drilling and they have found evidences in their core samples of not only fossils but the fact that it is believed generally by geologists and those studying climate these days that there was a time when the Antarctic probably had a subtropical climate. Now, I put this to you to think about. If you believe in evolution... How is it that the animals and everything is getting smaller? How is it that the planet, uh, the planet is being damaged rather than improving? And can humanity in its own self turn the situation around? And this is something that I think is really important, Brenton, because what we get in the Bible is actually a totally different worldview uh, to that which you find yes. uh, in our secular society. Within, yes, the, uh, within the scriptures, what you find is this picture of a, uh, of a perfect world being created and then it starts to wind down yeah. just like a, a clock yeah. winds down. You and, know? It, and it's spoiled because of sin. It grows old it like old. a garment. Mm, it gets old. Um, I'll take you from there, though, back to Genesis chapter 8. We all know of something called Noah's Flood. Mm. Some people believe in it, some don't. Now, even if you don't believe in God, if you study enough legends from various countries around the world, just about all countries have a flood. Yes, they do. Some of them have a local they have one. A, some a, have a, a universal flood one. myth. They have a flood myth. Yes. Yeah, I could name them, but I'm not going to. But in Genesis chapter 8, at the end of um, the flood, we're told that the fountains of the great deep, which were broken up at the beginning <coughs> of the flood, were closed. Now, I put to you, and if you look at the continents, they do fit together like a jigsaw puzzle. It's, it's interesting that um, we often hear in Australia about a supercontinent called Pangaea. Mm. Now, Pangaea, <laughs> I don't want to go down that particular path too much today, but Pangaea is a combination of a number of different um, what we would call continents today. But I believe that before the flood, there was one giant supercontinent and the, the fountains of the break, the great deep breaking up actually fl- fractured this so mm. that there were, they're called cratons. For mm. those who are interested in studying this stuff, look up the word craton. What is a craton? C-R-A-T-O-N. If you look that up, you'll find that um, often what we see as continents today are fragments of what of once was an enormous supercontinent. Mm. And they have given it a name. I can't think of the name offhand. It's not Pangaea. Pangaea came after the flood. I think the significant thing, <laughs> that what, what we're actually saying here, though, Brendan, is what you're getting is you're getting a, a, a significant change. You get 
perfection at the beginning. Yeah. Then you start to get the you know deterioration, the, the flood, uh, and you get yes. the breakup yeah. of the intercontinents. Yep. Uh, and then, if you like, over a period of time, over uh, thousands of years, the earth is slowly growing old like a garment. It is, uh, and particularly, and one of the one of the huge challenges here is what humanity is actually doing uh, to all of those um uh to, to the to the entire environment i mean yeah. is humanity making an impact on on the environment uh, i believe it is um you only need to go back to study the history of the industrial revolution Prior to the Industrial Revolution, you basically had largely worldwide an agrarian society. Yeah, yeah. Farming, animals, that type of thing. The Industrial Revolution turned things on its head. Yeah. And it would be fair to say in some regards that we have raped the planet of some of its natural resources to build cities, to build cars, to build ships, to build everything that we have today – it comes from natural resources. And those natural resources 500 years ago was probably largely still in the ground. Mm. But all of those things are gone now. But I want to move on from that. I want to move on to what was the situation like because we need to get to Matthew 24 and have a look mm. at what Jesus had to say. I'm mindful of the time. But here's a couple of things to think about. In Between AD 30 and AD 100, As far as my research has been able to find, they probably had about um, six or seven earthquakes. Do you know how many major earthquakes? I'm talking about major earthquakes. Mm -hmm. A Mm -hmm. major earthquake is defined as one that kills more than a 1,000 people. Okay. Do you know how many major earthquakes we've had since the year 2000 up until the present time? 19. Wow. In 20 years. Wow. The most recent one, as we know, was the Syrian one. Yes. And uh, there's an interesting guy at the moment in Holland who is predicting there's going to be a major quake in Pakistan in the near future. Mm-hmm. He says no one can say when. Mankind hasn't reached the stage, Gary, yet where they can predict when an earthquake will come. Why does he believe this? He believes this because of atmospheric disturbance over the Pakistan mm. region. Mm. And they use some of this type of stuff. And I have actually seen something um, at church a couple of weeks ago of um, it's like a, a meteorological disturbance over an area which just after that had an earthquake. Yeah. So maybe he's identifying this type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> But, but but again, what you're finding here is it is uh, you know this earth growing old like a garment, yes, it's and then um, as as we're coming closer to the uh, to the climax of all things, because you know one of the things I'm conscious of is that Christ actually picked up this theme of uh, disciples, did. isn't didn't he? He did and, indeed. You know what did he actually have to say? Well, what he actually had to say was this. So let's have a look at it in Matthew 24. For those of our listeners who may not be familiar with some of Christ's prophetic utterances, you'll find them in Matthew 24. You'll find them in Mark 13. You'll find them in Luke 21. They all say much the same thing, but if you read the three chapters simultaneously, they're all subtly different in some ways. Mm. But I'm just going to deal with Matthew 24. In Matthew 24, Christ has left the temple and he says to the disciples as he goes out, do you see these things? 
this is Herod's temple, which was one of the seven wonders of the world mm. at that time. Mm. There's not going to be one stone left here on another. Mm. And they come and ask him a question. They say, Lord, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming? Mm. And the first thing he says to them is take heed that no one deceives you. Mm. Do you realize that today in the world there are 10 people currently as we sit in this studio sharing with the people of Australia, there are 10 people around the world who claim to be Jesus Christ. Wow. And one of them's here in Australia, David John Miller. Uh-huh. You've heard of him. <laughs> okay. Up in Queensland. Um, they all claim to be Jesus Christ, but we're, we're dealing with the environment. It says this, you will hear of wars, rumours of wars. In the last 3,400 years, there has been 268 years of peace. Wow. Currently, there are 32 conflicts going on around planet Earth as I sit here in the studio mm. and you mm. sit here in the studio. 32. Some of them are drug wars. Mm-hmm. Some of them are battles between nations, such as Ukraine and Russia, mm-hmm. where they reckon already about 500,000 people have either died or been injured yeah. so far. Yeah. Uh, so Christ predicted all these things. Then he says kingdom will rise against kingdom. There will be famines. 268 million people in 48 countries at the moment have reached what we would describe as starvation level. Mm. That's that's just currently. It's horrific. It's horrific. I could name you the ten top countries. They nearly all come out of Africa. Yeah, yeah. the Horn of Africa is one of the worst areas yeah. that's hit yeah. by these things. But anyway, let's keep going. Pestilences. Ooh, there it is. COVID nineteen. Yeah, yeah. And who knows what's ahead? And earthquakes. We've touched on earthquakes. All these things he says are the beginning of sorrows. Yeah, not the end of sorrows. Yeah. What we have to remember when we study Matthew 24 is this. People say, oh, Matthew 24 is about the signs of Christ's return. Yes, they're about the signs of Christ's return. They tell you that Christ is returning. They don't tell you when he's returning. Yeah, yeah. They simply tell you to be ready. So anybody today who's a, a climate change activist or anyone who's concerned about the environment, that, that is a good thing to be. But let's put it in the context of creation, let's put it in the context of the God that created everything is coming again soon to make all things new. Uh, but let's keep going. Well, look, let's well, let's just break there. Let's have a little bit of music, and then we'll we'll come back have after we this. We promoted uh, our book uh, straight after straight, <laughs> straight after, after the, the music. Book. We will do that. We'll promote um, the book. This is uh, David uh, Sattler and uh, the Harding University Concert Choir. Unto Thee, O Lord, uh, please, uh, please enjoy. Unto thee, O Lord, unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Let none that way, only be ashamed. Let none that way, only be ashamed. Oh my God, oh my God, I trust in Thee. I trust in Thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Remember not. 
remember not the sins of my youth. The sins of my youth. Remember not. Remember not the sins of my youth. The sins of my youth. Oh my God. Oh my God. I trust in thee. I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies cry out and there was David uh, Sattler and the Harding University Concert Choir unto the O Lord. Uh, now, folks, we do have that uh, that giveaway book. Uh, uh, this is a book that you really need to grab uh, and really uh, appreciate uh, the people who have uh, currently uh, written in. We've had a number of people uh, come in and uh, uh, request this book. Now, the book, again, is End Time Hope, um, A Journey to Eternity by uh, evangelist uh, Mark, uh, Mark Finlay. How is this? world going to climax this book Indeed. will actually tell you exactly how it's going to climax you know the word of god is actually able to provide an understanding of that uh, the, the, the smartest uh, people in our world uh, today uh, struggle uh, with understanding uh, the book end time hope now if you'd like this particular book uh, what you need to do is to uh, text us now uh, simply uh, text us to uh, our studio text number uh, which is 042 Triple eight eight oh eight eleven oh four triple eight eight oh eight eleven and just put the code SA138 uh, that's just five digits in a row uh, and they will uh, come through to our robot and our robot will ask you a couple of questions so that we can get this book to you in the fastest way possible End Time Hope by Mark Finley SA138 and send that to 488 808 11 you will love this particular book it's a book that you may even want to share with a member of your family uh, because you know I'm I'm so conscious that increasingly people are becoming distressed uh, by what they are seeing coming on the world at this point in time uh, 0488 80811 and that code is SA are uh, one uh one thirty thirty eight. And now you are listening to uh Faith FM Drive Time, big Q and A with uh Pastor Gary. And guiding us through our discussion today is uh Pastor Brenton uh, Wilkinson. And this week we've been following the theme The Bible, the Church and the Environment and today What's the Bible say is the cause of natural disasters? Uh, appreciate uh, everything you've been saying so far, Brenton. Bring it together for us. We've got about I 10 will. minutes. I, I will. But I, I omitted to say something earlier on. Uh, the wearing out like a garment is known as the law of entropy. Okay. I don't know if you've heard yes, of E-N-T-R-O-P-Y. Yeah, yeah, it means wearing out. Yes. Just like we are wearing out, <laughs> our clothes are wearing out, our cars are wearing out. So, so the Bible so the planet, says the planet also yeah. is wearing out. Which mitigates completely against evolution, which suggests that we're getting better and better. Exactly. We're adapting better. We're getting exactly. stronger. We're getting smarter. We're getting all the rest of it. No, we're going the other direction. Anyway, let's keep going. There is an aspect that we have not touched on. We've touched on the fact that um, the flood came, and I believe as a result of the flood, the climate of the earth was changed, and that certainly had an effect yeah, on us yeah. and upon our environment, yep. upon our, our length of life, yep. longevity, if you will. Uh, I believe a lot of disease that probably never took place before the flood is present now. Uh, that fits into the category of pestilence. But there is another factor. 
in the book of Job, which we believe was the first book ever written in the Bible. Most scholars would accept that. Yeah, by a guy called Moses, Mm -hmm. who also just happened to write the first book of the Bible, Genesis. Uh, He says, sort of by divine enlightenment, by the Holy Spirit, he is keyed in on the fact that um, there was a meeting in heaven one day where Satan and God were talking. Now, Satan no longer resided in heaven. He'd been kicked out of heaven, but it seems as though as the representative of this earth, he was allowed a limited access to heaven at times. Now, here we find that uh, he talks about a guy called Job, and he says, you know what? He says, so God says to him, have you seen my servant Job? This guy is a good guy. He's blameless. Mm. The word in the Bible is blameless. And he says, one who fears God and eschews evil or mm. shuns mm. evil. And Satan says, of course he is. You look after him. You let me at him and let's see what happens. Mm. Now, you find in chapter one that God says this. He says, when, then God said to Satan, or the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has is in your power. And he do not lay a hand on his person. Mm. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. One of the things he did, it's uh, his servants come in. He was a very rich man. Yes. He was one of yes. the richest yes. men in the, the East. One of his servants come in and says, the fire of the Lord fell and has, has destroyed all the sheep and the cattle. Mm. And I suggest to you it wasn't the fire of the Lord. If Satan was given permission by God, it seems as though Satan can generate fire And yet too. the servants were actually blaming God. How easy it is act in a God. time of... De- act of act God. Of God. Act of God. That's what the disciples... That, that's what these, uh, uh, these servants are, uh, are saying yeah, here. We've, we've touched on something here. That's, that's for sure. Anyway, then it goes on a bit further. His three eldest sons, or seven eldest sons, I'm not sure how many, Held a, his eldest son rather held a, held a party. There were ten children in his family, and they were all together in the one house. And this terrible wind came in from the desert and blew their house over mm. and killed them all. Hurricane. So th- this hurricane. hurricane, hurricane. So this is another factor that has to be factored into the waxing old like a garment. It's not just the fact that as a result of the flood, as a result of sin, we also have the master destroyer himself involved. In other words, there well. are forces behind the scene. Behind if you, the scenes, if you yeah. follow the biblical record, what you find is that there are things happening behind the scene that you and me actually don't know uh, very much about. Uh, very little about. However, <laughs> we we could leave it there and say, well, we're stuck in a world where Satan, as you know, First Peter 5, 8 tells us what? The devil is going about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Mm-hmm. Interesting text. Uh, when you look at society as a whole, you would have to be a supreme optimist, Gary, to actually say that our society is getting better, that mankind's yeah, yeah. moral standards or are Or that it is even capable of being unselfish, that it's capable of being non-covetousness. Mm. You know, to, do, to actually say that. Yeah. Can you pull yourself up by your bootstrings? Exactly, exactly. That's, that's the point. So let's have a look at Revelation because we need to finish on a positive note because, the, the, as they say in the ads, but wait, there's more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we come to chapter 21 of Revelation, which says, now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Um, interesting. The Greek word for it is kainon, mm-hmm. K-A-I-N-O-N or K-A-I-N-E-N. 
it doesn't mean what you and I would think. When, when I think in terms of a new car, and I've been privileged enough to own a couple of new cars, when I buy a new car, I expect to go into a showroom mm-hmm. and say, I like that one. Could I have a car like that? That it comes straight I, off the... Either uh, that one, straight off the production line. Yep. This is suggests refreshing or renewal. Now, when the fires of the last day destroy Satan, the wicked, and everything else, the planet is renewed. In other words, there's it, does, a, it doesn't go back to being without form and void like before creation. In, in other words, there's one. A, after Christ actually comes, there's actually a recreation. Yes, it's a, yeah, that's a good word. For there it. is recreation. a recreation yeah. of this world yeah. back to its original form. form. In fact, the thing I love about the Bible is you've got the first three chapters of the Bible talk about the the perfection of the earth yes. and then the fall of sin. And then it's all downhill. From and then there. it's all downhill <laughs> until you get to the last two chapters where in the Bible uphill. where you get uh, mm. uh, sin is done away yes. with and what you get is this uh, this picture of a new heaven and a yeah. new earth being created. Yes. Let me keep reading anyway. It says, for the first heaven and the first earth that passed away. Okay. According to the Bible, there were three heavens. There's the first heaven, which is the atmospheric heaven. The second heaven is where the sun, moon, stars, planets, etc., solar systems are. The third heaven is where God dwells. Mm-hmm. Any any listener to our program can check that out for themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Paul yeah. talks about the third heaven. Yeah. He was yeah. caught up yeah. to the third heaven yeah. in, in a vision. So I don't need to establish any of that. But it says, uh, for the first heaven and the first earth that passed away, we get a brand new atmosphere. I would suggest that alone. If we had a brand new atmosphere today, I wonder what difference it would make to this planet. If we had the atmosphere that was when Eden was created, wouldn't it make a difference? Also, there was no more sea. Now, that's an interesting one. Uh, Various Bible commentators have interpreted this different ways. Sea separates people. Okay. So relationships are going to be... My wife and I are thinking of going on a cruise next year. Now, I don't know whether it'll come off or not, mm. but if we do, um, I've been across the ditch, as we call it, which yes, is yes. Australia to New Zealand. Yes, yes. For some, that's enough <laughs> because the Tasman Sea can get very, very rough. But we are separated by sea. Yes. So one of the things, along with the new heaven, the new earth, and the new atmosphere, first atmosphere, is no more sea. So we're not separated by vast quantities of water. So you're getting a recreation. <laughs> you're getting of, a recreation as back to what it was, I believe, in Genesis 1. Okay. And, and this mm. is a really beautiful picture. When you think about it, you know, humanity is striving, dare I say it, by their own efforts uh, to recreate a earth which is cl- as close to pristine as they imagine it can possibly be. But the problem is mm. within the heart of every individual, You've got selfishness, you've got greed, uh, you've got a a grasping after wealth. And, you know, to me, I look at it and I say, is it possible to to see a recreated world while humanity has got hearts that just want to be grasping uh, after the good things that God has actually created? I suggest to you the answer to that is no. Of course it's not. Just just like the end of the COP27 last year when they decided to set up this fund to compensate countries 
um, underdeveloped countries, underprivileged countries who had been affected by climate change, who's going to administer it? Yeah. We, yeah. T- we yeah. touched on that. Um, exactly. And is it going to be administered by a bank, a corporation, a group of nations? Who is it going to be administered by? Mm. And it's interesting, if you study COP27, you'll find that there's a certain degree of cynicism even amongst those who allegedly are going to benefit from this. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So this, this is all Once very you start to dig into this from a, from <laughs> a biblical perspective. you can't change it without a change of heart. Exactly. You have to have your heart changed in order to have the right perspective towards the environment. And that's why Christ says mm. you must be born again. I believe so. You know, it's when the new mm. birth occurs that suddenly selfishness gives way to generosity. When yep. that transition occurs, uh, what you find is it's possible to care for the earth in the way that God intended us to care for the earth. He did. One last text. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. How often have you and I <clears throat> stood around a grave? Yeah. And quoted this text. Yeah. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain. Now, here comes the, the punchline. For the former things have passed away. How beautiful. You know where that quote comes from? It comes from the book of Isaiah. Mm, yeah. And Isaiah is known as the gospel prophet. That's right. Um, beautiful, beautiful passage. God will wipe away all tears from our eyes. Okay. Brent, a good place to stop, I think. I think that's a beautiful spot to to stop. Let's just bow our heads together in prayer. Father in heaven, we come to you now. I want to say thank you for what you have promised that you are going to do for this earth. Uh, Lord, I pray that indeed our hearts uh, might be conformed to your image, that we also might have that care for our environment that you want us to have. Lord, these things we ask, we pray in Jesus' wonderful name. Mm, Amen. Amen. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Pastor Brenton Wilkinson on Drive Time. Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when Pastor Fabiano, Pastor Hugh Heenan uh, will uh, look at the question, could vegetarianism, could vegetarianism benefit the environment? Really look forward to being with us then. Uh, But until tomorrow, uh, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God abundantly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.